0: Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here and stepping in for Bill Chastain on the podcast this week. Dwayne Stats, broadcaster for the Rays. We always love to have Dwayne along for the ride. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame ballot players, I guess I should say, that that played for the Rays. We'll also talk about some of the young, exciting players coming up through the Rays system. But Dwayne, since you haven't been on this podcast for a while, I wanted to start with just getting your overall thoughts of this team right now because it's obviously been an interesting off season so far the trade of Evan Longoria kind of the big highlight um because it it brings into question the direction now of this team and and are they rebuilding obviously there are other possible trades that could be made but what was your first reaction as a guy who's obviously broadcast so many of Evan Longoria's games um had to make you a little bit sad to see him traded away right
1: yeah Tim I think you're absolutely right about that you know um uh, Evan Longoria will be missed uh, here on uh, a number of fronts. You know, not only what he did at third base and and the bat in the middle of that lineup. He's a guy who wanted to play every day and and has been uh, active. You know, he's not a guy who who calls a lot of attention to himself, but he was active in the community, did a lot of great things there. So there's no question he's going to be missed. And and what it does, it sets up, uh, I think, a lot of questions about, uh, where this team is headed and what the approach will be, I think the um, I think the immediate assumption is that it's going to be a complete teardown and rebuild. Uh, ownership has said that's not the case. That uh, you know they want to they want to still be a factor in the American League East. That's always a challenge. It has been from day one here all the way back to '98. And Evan, uh, of course, made a big difference when he arrived uh, you know, 10 years later and for almost 10 years then was, um, was just uh, a constant in this lineup. It will be interesting. I think, um, you know, the East is always very difficult. I think one of the things that this club still feels, they have some pitching depth in the organization, and I think uh, it begins there. You think um, if you have good pitching – Then you can be competitive day in and day out, especially if you can figure out how to protect it with good defense, protect that pitching with defense. Uh, I don't think they're finished um, making some moves and additions, and it's going to be an interesting couple of months, you know, leading um, up to and into spring training and into regular season.
0: We've seen some teams, obviously, tank in recent years with... Great success for what it's worth. Obviously, the Cubs, what they did, the Astros now winning a title. The Rays have managed to stay competitive without really ever doing that. And the impressive thing I would say right now, if they are rebuilding, is they already have a strong system, um, which they've been able to do without falling into last place and having super high draft picks. It's a compliment to the things they've been able to do. And I think it's a situation where if you do look at where they would rebuild right now a little bit, they won't have those lean years, I don't think, because the system is already good. So if you're just trying to get it a little bit better, it's not going to take too long to really turn things around.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Kevin Cash told me last year, about the middle of the year, that he thought at the at the AAA level, they had four, five, six arms down there that could help this club this coming year. Honeywell is going to probably top that list. They uh, they also like Ryan Yarborough. He's uh, a guy who who hides the ball well in his delivery. So there, I think they do have some options there. And, and to go back to our idea that you know pitching really is the bedrock of any club, most of their position players, I think, um, were in the, in the lower minor leagues. But they do have a couple who they, uh, you know, they feel would have a shot at making this club and, and contributing this coming year. And they do believe that in the lower minor leagues, they have a lot of talent, which lends itself to the idea that maybe in the Longoria trade, they got some young talent back. If they're not finished dealing, you know, there would be another uh, arm or two that I'm sure they'll have some discussions about, maybe a position player and, and try to further stockpile uh, a lot of talent in their system. Because at the end of the day, uh, they're going to have to develop out of their own system. Uh, they've attempted to do that and to make some deals to get young minor league players into their system to get them to the big leagues. That's going to be the the stock and trade of this team and, and then try to augment with uh, serviceable major league players, uh, impact at some point with uh, some versatility. And so that has been over the last few years, their approach here, and I think it will continue to be that.
0: Yeah, when you talk about position players kind of knocking on the door, Jake Bauer seems like he's about ready. Willie Adama is a guy that a lot of people love at shortstop as well that they brought in, an, in a trade a couple of years ago. You mentioned Brent Honeywell, and uh, over the course of this week, MLB Pipeline is putting out its top ten list for each position as far as prospects go. Brent Honeywell checking in at number four for right-handed pitchers. Brendan McKay, who was just drafted last June, obviously, number five for lefties. McKay's still a ways away, and he's a guy who can also hit, as a lot of people who follow uh, college baseball and prospects know. He's a two-way kind of player who who the uh, the Rays like a lot. But I wanted to focus a little bit on Honeywell. He's a guy that started the futures game last year at the All Star Game, uh, pitched two innings in that game, struck out four. He's got a whole bunch of pitches, and it seems like if this, if spring training goes well for him, depending on what happens, this is a guy who could find himself in the rotation, if not on opening day, Dwayne, pretty soon this season, if if the, if an opening kind of if the door opens at all for him in that rotation.
1: Yeah, Brent Honeywell is a guy who's been interesting from the time they drafted him, and he is certainly not lacking in talent or uh, the confidence to think that he can compete and and be a a winning pitcher. So I think there's a a better-than-even chance that, uh, depending on what they do, as as you point out with potential trades, that Honeywell sooner or later, obviously, is going to be a factor on this uh, rotation, I think uh, he'd prefer it to be sooner. Uh, McKay, you're right. Uh, You know, two-way guy, really the last successful guy to do that over a long period would have, I guess, been Babe Ruth. Been a couple of guys in between, and uh, they're obviously high on him and and looking at him as a a two-way player. But in the immediate uh, uh, future, Honeywell is a guy who will be very interesting to watch and, and see how soon he gets up here.
0: He's, uh, his best pitch or his most famous pitch is a screwball as well, which you really you, – I don't even know what that means really at this point. It's a, it's a pitch that I feel like people used to throw, and, and it kind of went away, and and now that's what they've given the name to, to his real – his out pitch as far as off-speed stuff goes. It has a whole lot of movement, and I was at the Futures game, and he made a lot of people look silly with that screwball. It's a fascinating pitch um, that that I think once he makes it to the big leagues – There's going to be a lot of attention on.
1: Yeah, and I think he thrives on the attention. Number one, I'm not sure that's going to be an issue for him, but he sort of welcomes that. And and to see a guy with that kind of movement, you know, whether it's uh, that screwball-like movement that goes down and into a right-handed hitter away from a lefty, or breaks the other way, you know, I I think most pitching coaches would tell you if, if you can figure out a way to make a pitch move in two different directions, whatever you want to call it and whatever those pitches might be, if you can command pitches, one goes one way and one goes the other, you've got a chance to be successful at the big leagues, and you combine that with some velocity and, and a lot of confidence, and I think that's where um, I think that's where Honeywell lives.
0: All right, let's move on to a little Hall of Fame talk, Dwayne, and, and obviously look at the list. There's no... Guys, with the percentages coming out nowadays, we don't really have to wait until the announcement to know where things are headed, at least. Obviously, there's guys that are close. But you think of the the ballot this year, as far as former Rays go, Fred McGriff, it's his ninth year on the ballot. Um, he's currently at 17.7% as far as ballots that have already been recorded. Uh, last year he was at 217 so down a little bit, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. When you think of McGriff, he obviously played a long time for different teams, but he's a guy that's from Tampa, the Tampa Bay area, hit 99 homers with the Rays. So I think Rays fans do connect with Fred McGriff. Do you feel like he just... For whatever reason, maybe it's timing of when he's been on the ballot. He just hasn't gotten the appreciation that he should.
1: Well, I I think a couple of things there. Number one, you know, he played on a lot of good teams, and he played on a a lot of teams that had other great talent around him. And so he never was the one guy who carried a team. Although when you look at his numbers and, and home runs in particular, I think his Hall of Fame consideration is legitimate. I just think in some ways he was a victim of circumstance there, Uh, finished his career here in in a time when it was a fresh expansion team, so you're not going to get a lot of exposure that way either. But I'd love to see him do that. Uh, I I think when you look at longevity and uh, offensive production as to what he did, and and he was on some pretty good teams as well, so I think you can make a solid case, and I'd like to see – I'd like to see those numbers pick up a little bit for him because it's it's not trending in the right direction right now.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, they've gone from a 15-year stint on the ballot down to 10, so really after this year, he'll only have one year left, and then it'll be, I guess, the weight to the veteran. He'll be an interesting guy as far as veterans committees down the road because I think his peers in the game probably hold him in a higher regard maybe than the current writers that are voting, so that may help him down the road. But it doesn't look like he'll be getting in in the BBWAA way of getting into the Hall of Fame. The other two guys on the ballot that— I think you're interesting. They're not raised by any means. People wouldn't consider them raised. But back in 2011, Dwayne, Johnny Damon and Manny Ramirez spent some time in Tampa Bay uniforms. Manny played his final five games with the Rays. He had a hit in an RBI. Uh, Damon played a little more that season with the team. Damon, it's his first year on the ballot. Uh, Manny, it's his second. Did those guys liven things up in 2011 in their brief time with the Rays?
1: Well, they did, especially Damon. But, you know, Manny was almost a non-factor here, as you point out. It was, it was uh, very short-lived. and uh, uh, But Damon, I, I think, uh, you know, he couldn't help wherever he was to uh, liven up a clubhouse and a dugout and a traveling party. That's part of who he was. And I know that um, he's a guy who played the game hard. And I, I think every player – who plays for an extended period and have some success has to have that in the back, at least in the back of their minds about if I can play long enough and put up enough numbers, I I could get hall of fame consideration. And I think, uh, Johnny Damon felt that way. I, I think he tried to extend his career and pick up, uh, as many, uh, numbers and, and rack up some great totals there to, to get some consideration. And I think, um, obviously, if you based it on uh, the the uh, spirit that he brought to a team, he'd be in there. I, I think it's going to be a challenge for him, and, and you always hate to say that because he, he was a guy who played the game hard, uh, helped to sell the game, and, and brought uh, a lot of excitement to a team, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and, and how much of a challenge it is for him.
0: Yeah, currently at 1.6% of the vote, so likely, unfortunately, for Johnny Damon fans, he. Could fall off the ballot after one year. All right, Dwayne, it's great having you on the podcast, as always. Thank you so much for stepping in for Bill Chastain and joining us.
1: Always a pleasure, Tim. Good to be with you.
0: This has been MOB.com Extras, our Rays edition. For Dwayne Stats, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.